Okay, learning is close before Shlema Yitzchak Aaron ben Miriam. We are on Daf Mem Dalid Amid Aleph. The Mishnah says, If you look fun of Miliach Batchila Upasimo, you bring something salty, very uh, salty item, and in order to kind of negate the, the sharpness of this salty food, then there's pas that they bring together. They bring some bread together with this salty item. So the halacha is that you don't need to make a hamotzi at all. The person can just make a bracha on the salty item. And with that, the pas is viewed as being subordinate to the salty item. It's just tafel. It's not as important to it. And therefore, it doesn't require a bracha at all. As the Mishnah goes on to tell us, that this is the rule. Whenever there are two food items that are brought, and a person is eating them in a sense of togetherness. And as we saw in the, in, the, in, the, in the way that the Mishnah introduced it, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that they're even in a mixture necessarily. It's just that they're being eaten together in the sense that because the person is having this super salty thing, he therefore needs to negate it with some of the taste of the bread. So in that situation, what is the law? The law is that he only has to make a bracha on the ikr. And then by making a bracha on the ikr, on the, on the essential thing, and the more important thing, uh, and we'll see what importance, how we decide what importance is, that exempts the, the less important thing. That exempts the tafel. So in this situation, the maliach is viewed as the ikr, the salty thing is the ikr. That's really what you're going to eat. And just because it's too sharp, so therefore you need some bread with it, so therefore the bread is exempted uh, from a bracha completely. So the Gemara doesn't really understand the case here. How could it ever be that I have a situation where a person is eating something salty, and then because they're eating something salty, now suddenly the bread is a tuffle to it. The Gemara says, Can there ever be such a scenario? In other words, bread clearly is like a staple of a meal. Bread is more, uh, it seems to be more of, of, of the important thing. So how can it be that the bread becomes less important than the salty thing? So the Gemara says, Omar of Acha Beredu Avavira, Amar Ravashi. But Ochle Piru's Ganusa Ashran. We're talking about a very specific case. A person's eating the fruits of Ganusa. The fruits of Ganusa, where Ganusa is a region up near the Kinarid in Israel, and it's blessed with the most amazing fruits in the world. And the pears of Ganusa were just exceptionally, exceptionally sweet. They were so sweet that they couldn't be eaten alone. So after a person would eat them, it would almost be like so too sweet to handle. So they would have a lot of salty things to push away the sweetness. But because of the, over now, like it's like you turn the page the other way, it was so extreme, the saltiness of the food that they were eating to negate the sweetness of the fruits of Ganusar that they would need bread. So it comes out that the Gemara is saying that the reason why, just go over the Shaka it's a little bit difficult because think about it. The Gemara is trying to say, why, why is the bread the tafel? So the Gemara says the bread is the tafel because you, you, because you were eating the fruits of Ganusar, because you were eating the fruits of Ganusar, you needed the salt. Because you were eating the salt, now I need the bread. And that's a, a scenario, the bread becomes the tafel. So what would you say from learning the Gemara? Let's say I dropped a Paris of Ganusa. Let's say I dropped that whole thing. Let's say I'm just eating something like very salty. And because I'm eating something very salty, I want some bread to go with it. Would you say that bread is exempted from a bracha or that it's obligated in a, in a bracha? Because the scenario that the Gemara depicted is that you went for a super sweet, sweet food, fruit. Then you had something salty. And because of the saltiness of the thing you're eating, you needed bread. Why don't I just skip the fruit? Right? What about if I skip the fruit completely? So it's actually a machlokas arishonim. Some arishonim understand that the point of the Gemara is that really bread is never tuffle to anything else, usually, because bread is be'etim, the most important thing. The fruits of Ganusar are the most important chash of a thing. So because anything that comes about through the eating of the fruits of Ganusar is tuffle. So really, it's not really that the bread is tuffle to the maliach. Really, what's going on is that the bread is tuffle to the fruits of Ganusar. That's really what's going on. 
Whereas other Rishonim understand that the fruits of Ganusa aren't really the point at all. The fruits of Ganusa are triggering the super salty item. Once I'm eating the super salty item, now that I need something to push away uh, the super saltiness, so I eat the bread. But who had, if I would skip the, the fruits of Ganusa completely, you would have the same halacha. Oh, so very good. And that's what some Rishonim say, Amishir Diak, that the Galashan Amishnah is that it's the Maliach. So some Rishonim say that we have to say that they put the saltiness into the fruits themselves. In other words, they literally like we're pouring some salt to, onto the fruits to do that. And a little bit questionable. So Machlok is back and forth. Halach is very interesting. Mr. Brewer gets so, it gets in the post come a big, big tumult. You know, some of these things they used to eat, they used to eat herring. And the herring was so, was so salty, instead of us today, we would say we have a cracker, so they would eat bread with the herring. A post can fight and fight and fight about that. If the halacha is that you don't need to make a bracha on the bread. Similarly, the Mishnah Brewer is in a big uh, dilemma about somebody who has some, a shot of whiskey. And it was, uh, you know, too sharp. So they want a little bit of bread to go with the whiskey. The Mishnah Brewer is very misophic about what to do in such a scenario. He's very, very, uh, you know, also tumult about it. Because again, in our Mishnah, the Mishnah is saying someone eats the fruits of Ganusa. It's too sweet. Then he eats the saltiness. And now because of the saltiness, now he eats the bread. And then Allah, in that situation, he doesn't need to make a brach on the bread. If I skip out the fruit part, I don't have something so significant. I just have something super salty. What is the halacha? That is, uh, seems to be a dispute amongst the post. So the Gemara says as follows. Uh, now the Gemara just talks about some more stuff about Ganusa. We once went behind Rabbi Yochanan to eat the fruits of, of Ganusa. We were 100 people, and each of the per- people, each of these 100 people carry 10 fruits. So that means a total of uh, 100 times 10. How much is that? There we go. And whenever we were at 10, each one of us would hold 100. So basically, 1,000 fruits. Whenever each, each one of 100 of us, so the 100 fruits would be held in baskets of three saw. So if you make the, the math, how much a saw is, it ends up being a lot. If you make the whole math, it comes out that basically one fruit ends up being a little bit more than the size of four eggs. So that's a lot. It's a very significant, big, 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 big fruits, and they eat there a thousand of them. Rabbi Yochanan, we consume all of these fruits, all of these a thousand fruits that are each size a little bit more than four eggs. After eating all the fruits, he would swear to lo tam ziyuna. That he hadn't eaten anything that was filling at all. He had said, it's one that nothing had made a dent to his appetite. This wasn't a filling food. So first thing where it says, I mean, obviously it's a filling food. I mean, anything that's not salt or water fills you up. So the Gemara says, words, He wasn't full. The point was that he was saying that the fruits were so good and he had such an appetite for the fruits that despite the fact that he ate such an excessive amount of the fruits, he still desired more. That was the point that Rabbi Yochanan was trying to make. And that's, again, it speaks to the exceptional quality, how amazing these fruits of Ganusa are. Rabbi Avo, Rabbi Avo, a different Amor, the Sharikla, Duva meapuse. He would actually, uh, do, do, the duva is like an insect of a certain type of insect, would literally slide off of his forehead. So the concept is that we showed him say that the, the, the almost the oils or what, the juices inside the fruit, at a certain point, if you eat so much of them, they literally ooze out of one's skin after eating a certain amount. So his forehead would get so moist from all of these juices coming out that if a, an insect would land on his forehead, it would just slide right off. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Asi, Achli, they would eat them adinatur mazayu. This is very interesting. I don't, I don't know the science behind this exactly, but it sounds like that it, their, their, their hair was falling out. Some people even have the girsa, sorry, Rashad, that they ate so much of the fruit that their hair fell out. I, don't, I didn't understand that, that line so well. The Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, have achal adimarid. He would eat it so much that he literally, like, he, he got drunk, drunk off of it. 
Like he lost his mind from eating so many. Rabbi Yochanan was Rabbi Yochanan's brother-in-law. They would send to the Bein Yisiyah, Rabbi Yochanan, and they would uh, actually have to send some guards after him to make sure that he got home safely. So he literally was getting drunk off of the fruits of, uh, of Genusa. So the Gemara now talks a little bit more about the beauty of Eretz Yisrael, and obviously what this speaks to is the exceptional quality of the fruits of Israel. The Gemara says, Yanei HaMelech once had a city, Bahar, I mean, so we're skipping, you know, a lot of generations here. Yana Melech lives in the middle of the, the second base of Mikdash. He was one of the Hashemunai kings. Question exactly which king he was. But he ate it. There was a king, a city that he had on Har HaMelech. Har HaMelech was in the, the Judea uh, a territory. So they would take Shishim Rebo, 600,000. Safli are, are like baskets or bowls of Taurus. So Taurus is, is tuna. That's what, that's what it means. So they would have it's like 600,000 bowls of tuna to feed all the people who were picking figs from Friday to Friday. So what it's basically trying to say is that there was tons and tons and tons and tons of food that had to be supplied to all the people who were picking fruits out in the field. And what the point of it is trying to say is that there was such a large amount. That's what it's trying to say. Even in just this one city, this one region here, this one little tiny town, there was such a large amount of fruit. And to give lunch to all those workers who were doing it, they needed their 600,000 bowls of tuna. Says the Gemara, Kiyasa Rabin Amar, Elon Echad Hailo Liana Melch Bahar Melch. There was one tree, just one tree that Yana Melch had on Har Melch, Arbim Saw Gozolos. They would take 40 saw. The Gozolos are like pigeon or doves. Mishalosh um, Berichos from three different, like, Berichos is, 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 what's the word? Um, I'm looking for the word. It's like, for different productions, you know, like a brood, that's a good word, like a brooding, like three different broodings throughout the month. They would have three different ones from all the new young pigeons that were being born. And they would have three of them over the month. And each one was 40 saws worth. So a saw is a lot. So that's a ton of, ton of pigeons that they were finding on one tree. I guess the pigeons were nesting. That's the point. They would have nests on the tree. And there was such a large amount of pigeons, even on just one tree, that they would have 40 saw from each of the broodings. Everything this would take place. Constantly, over just one month, they had three times that they had 40 saw of the young pigeons that were being produced from these nests just on one tree in this city of, of Neretz Yisrael. So now switching, nothing to do with birds, nothing to do with fruits, but now we talk about the beautiful yichas of Eretz Yisrael. So in the yichas in Israel, there were 80 pairs of koanim, 80 pairs of brothers who were koanim, who married 80 pairs of sisters who were the daughters of Kohanesses. The Gemara elsewhere in Psalm describes the virtue of that, of the specific yichas of a Kohen marrying a Bas Kohen, how beautiful that is. And there were 80 pairs of brothers who were koanim who married 80 pairs of sisters who were the daughters of Kohanes. And this is just in one town. Now, contrasting that to the yichas of Babel, the Gemara says, the rabbis check from the entire surah to Nardah. So that's like a way of saying like, you know, from New York to Los Angeles, like all the entire region of where the Jews lived in Babel. They didn't find any of this. Any of these things that they could perfectly say was a good yichas of Kohanim, except for one, the Gemara says, one family that they found, <laughs> even though they were known 
two, they were a pair, they were daughters, they were sisters of, of daughters of Kohanes, but they, they, their husbands weren't even Kohanim. So we only found one example in Bavel where there were sisters of Kohanesses, and we weren't able even to know, to verify that their husbands were Kohanim. So it doesn't necessarily mean that there weren't any Kohanim or daughters of Kohanim in Bavel, but the verification of finding these pairs was totally off. So we're saying in Israel, you could find 80 pairs of brothers Kohanim marrying 80 pairs of sisters or Kohanesses, and that was, you could find that in just one town. In the entire region of Bavel, we were not able to verify even one situation like that. Says the Gemara, now I'm not exactly sure what the continuation of the Gemara is, Amarav, any meal that doesn't end with salt, again the Gemara described this before, the virtue of having salt for health reasons at the end of a meal uh, is not considered a meal, meaning it's, it's not the right way to eat. So sarif is actually, I think a good translation would be some sort of like um, like a soup. Rashi says, eh, soup. Rashi says that they would, they would put some vegetables in and cook it in water. So the Gemara seems to think that that's a very healthy thing to eat as well. <clears throat> okay. Um, says the Mishnah. Somebody eats three examples, grapes, figs, or pomegranates. The point of these three examples is that these are uh, from the seven species, from the Shivas Aminim that Eretz Yisrael is praised about in Parshas Ekev, but they are not bread. Okay, so somebody eats Shivas Aminim. According to Rabbi Gamliel, you require Shalosh Brachos. Shalosh Brachos, three blessings, is a reference to benching. The reason we call it three blessings as opposed to four blessings is because the fourth bracha was added later. But it's a reference to Birchas Hamaz. Chacham say you don't have to make a full benching. You just can make an abridged version. You make one bracha that's me'in, that takes a little bit of all of the three brachas, which is a way of saying our bracha of alamichya. Alamichya has a little bit of each of the three brachas of Birkas Hamazim. And we'll see in the Gemara what the root of the, that dispute is. Rabbi Akiva Omer, if a person even eats just like a cooked vegetable, but that's his meal, he's full from eating that, he eats just one cooked vegetable, he has to bench. Rabbi, Gamliel has a, Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva rather, has a drastically different view than all the other Tanan. He says it's not about bread, it's not about Shiva Saminim, it can be anything in the world. It's all about whether you're full. If you're eating something that makes you full, then you have to recite Birkas Hamazon. So we have three opinions. Rabbi Akiva is saying it all just depends if you're full, it could be any food. Rabbi Gamliel is saying that it has to be any, anything from the Shiva Saminim. You have to say Berkaz HaMazon and the Chachamim, which we paskin like, is that uh, it's only bread that you say Berkaz HaMazon. And for the Shivas Aminim, you recite Al HaMechia. Says the Gemara, Someone who drinks water for his thirst. And the Gemara will analyze that. What's the point of for his thirst? It says someone who drinks water for his thirst. He says a bracha of shahakol. Rabbi Tarfan says there's no bracha of shahakol that's recited on water. Water has a different bracha of which we're familiar with as the after bracha on many foods. But Rabbi Tarfan's opinion is that is the bracha rishona before water. The bracha that is recited before drinking water. And the Gemara will analyze that uh, as well. So now the Gemara looks at the first dispute. The first dispute that we have was between Rabbi Gamliel and the Rabbanon, whether or not there's Berchas Hamazon after Shivas Hamina. So the Gemara says, My time at Rabbi Gamliel. Where does Rabbi Gamliel get that a person should say Berchas Hamazon after uh, the Shivas Hamina? It says in the Pasuk, Eretz Chita Sa'ora, which the full language of the Pasuk goes on to say, which is all the seven species. And then what's the next Pasuk in Parshas Ekev? Uchsev, Eretz Asher Lob Miskinos you never eat uh, br- uh, p- in bread in poverty in Israel. And then right afterwards, what's the third pasuk? You eat, you're full, you bless Hashem. So there's the, the sequence of the three psukim is, Shiva Saminim, bread, 
benching. So Rigamil says, so it goes back on both of those foods that were mentioned. It goes back on bread and it goes back on this pasuk tube so come before. It goes back that any of the shivas aminim you have to bench if you eat them. For Rabbanan, so it seems like such a clear argument. How did the Rabbanan encounter that? Eretz hifsika inyan. The Eretz now makes an interruption, meaning pasuk number two that started out Eretz asher lo that's like a break. It's like a new discussion. Eretz Israel is praised for its seven fruits. Period. End of discussion. It's also a land that has bread that is not eaten in poverty. And now if you eat that, if you eat the bread, then you bench. If it was a continuation and you were supposed to bench, even on the Shiva Saminim, then the second Pasuk wouldn't have began with a new word Aretz. It just would have continued what we were discussing from the Shiva Saminim. So rather, the takeaway is that on Shiva Saminim there is not benching, and there is only benching on bread. However, there's a fundamental machlokas HaRishonim about how to understand the Gemara. What does it mean, Eretz Hifsika Inyan? It's an interruption. So HaRishonim understand, so there's no need to say any Birkas HaMazan from the Torah on Shivas Aminim, and the whole nature of Alamechia is just Midrabanim. However, many Rishonim say no. Eretz Hifsika Inyan is coming to say it's not the same level as obligation to bench after you eat Shiva Saminim. The Torah has made an interruption. But what the interruption is, is, is trying to tell us is you don't have to do a full benching. But in a bridge sense of, of benching, you do need to make after Shiva Saminim. And it's Doraisa. That thing to say Allah after you eat one of the seven species is Doraisa. Just it doesn't have to be a full three benching because of the fact that Eretz Hivzeke Inyan. Now that obviously tells us, and this is important, we're going to learn this a little bit later, that the three blessings are all from the Torah. So what the Torah is telling you by Eretz Hefzaka Inyan is that Alamichya, the abridged version, we can create for Shiva Saminim, although that is also a concept that is from the Torah. So the Gemara continues. What does Rabbi Gamliel do with that? Rabbi Gamliel says, you bench after Berkas Aminim, Nami Eretz Hefzaka Inyan. Why doesn't he understand that the idea is that Eretz made an interruption? Says the Gemara, It comes to exclude someone who chews raw kernels. If somebody's eating the raw kernel, so you would say he's eating Shiva Saminim. So if he's eating Shiva Saminim, like Rabbi Gamliel, he should bench. Says the Pasuk, no, Eretz. What's the Torah? coming to say that you have to eat it in the most uh, like ideal form. So you, you eat a granola, you eat some raw kernels, you're totally eating wheat and barley. But that's not the most normal way of eating the wheat and the barley. The more normal way is to process it and to turn it into bread. So Rabbi Gamliel's position is that the Torah was coming to tell you halacha, that you only wash and bench you only bench with Shivas Aminim in a situation where you're eating it in the ideal form. But if you're eating granola, even Rabbi Gamliel agrees that you do not bench. That's what the Pasuk is coming to say. Says the Gemara. Anything that is from the five types of grains, right? Wheat, barley, spelled oats, and rye. And you make alamech in the end, meaning like the opinion of the Rabbanon, not like the opinion of Rabbi Gamliel. Similarly, anything that's a fruit from one of the seven species, uh, in the beginning you say you make the alamichya the abridged sense of version, the abridged sense of, of, of bench. So the Gemara tells us what is the correct nusach now for alamichya. And this hasn't been recorded in a Mishnah until now. We, it seems that they weren't that familiar. What is the correct nusach of alamichya? So, what is it? He says to him as when you're eating fruits of the tree, like let's say a pomegranate, then you say Allah eats, Valpriya eats. That's the in the preface. Then you say So if you notice the, the texture, it tzitzah is missing from the Gemara, but it just says missing Tzion, which is very interesting. Al Vitivne, 
Baal, but that's a question in the gear, so some change of Yana. And then it says, Ki tovu Okay, so that's the right. There's always a lot of discussion in the Beis Yosef about exactly the precise text, but that's the way the Gemara does it, which is more or less the way we have Alamecha. So that's if you're eating a form of the Shiva Saminim, that's fruit. If you're eating the Chamesha Saminim, you're eating something that's a grain from the five species, then instead of saying Ala Eitz, you say Alamechia of Alkalkala. You have a different preference. You have Alamechia of Alkalkala. And then we don't go out and say the whole thing again. But then when you get to the end of the bracha, the conclusion is Okay. So now the Gemara wants to know By the way, I should mention the Gemara does never says anything about if you drink wine. What's the right thing to do if you drink wine? The Gemara make two categories. That there's two uh, different. There's a different bracha uh, 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 that start. There's a different preface for fruits than, than grain, and a different chasima. We're going to see a little bit in the Hemshech Gemara. But what about wine? Does wine have anything different, or you just say the same bracha al eitz for al priya eitz? So that's a big machlokas in the Rishonim. We pass and then end that you do. Uh, it's a question we'll see about the chasima, but the Tosos feels that if, that, that if there's a special bracha that you make, bracha rishona for wine, pre, pre-agafen as opposed to pre-aids, then the same thing should be true with alamichia. It should have its own category within alamichia, alagefen val pre-agefen, and not just be included. That's the opinion of Tosos, uh, which we follow. So now the Gemara says, When a person eats fruits, what's the chasima? And what's the Gemara's question? The Gemara's question is that we have a rule, just a little bit of a preface to the Gemara. We have a rule that you're not supposed to have a chasima of a bracha that says two things. Chasimos are supposed to be very short, very succinct. It's supposed to be one point. So you shouldn't have two different points. So if you're going to say, Are you saying two different things? Are you thinking Hashem A for the land and B for the fruit? It's two separate things. It's thinking Hashem for two different things. That would be wrong. Like, or do you say it's really one big thing? It's Allah Aris Valapiris says, I thank you, Hashem, for the land that makes fruit. You're really thinking for the land. It's not a separate thing for the fruit. It's the land that produces the fruit. That's one thing. So when it's Allah Milch of Alkalkala, that's clearly one thing. Giving me the foods that fill me up. But if I say, Allah Aritz, vi Allah Peros, is that a violation of a general rule that you're not supposed to say two things? That's, what the, that's the struggle of the Gemara right now. So the Gemara says, Hashem gives, sanctifies the Jewish people and Rosh Chodesh. So, so to there, you could say, isn't that thanking Hashem for two things? He gave us Kedusha and he gave Rosh Chodesh Kedusha. But we say it's not. Why? Because what we're really saying is, thank you Hashem who gave the Jews Kedusha to sanctify Rosh Chodesh. So, so to here, so how come I? Can we say that over here as well? Is it thank you Hashem for giving me the fruit for the land that makes the fruit? So it's one thing, or is it sound like two different things for the land A and B for the fruits, and therefore we can't recite Allah Aretz for Allah Peros? So the Gemara says that it is okay. We thank Hashem for the land and its fruits, whereas Rabbi Yochanan says Allah Aretz for Allah Peros, not its fruits, but the fruits. So before we analyze what they're arguing about, so the, the answer of the Gemara is that it's okay. You can say both, and it's not considered that you're saying two separate things because you're saying, thank you, Hashem, for the land and its fruits. Fine, clear. But there's a difference in the Nusach between Rav Chis and Rabbi Yochan. Rav Chista says you should thank Hashem for the land and its fruits. Al Peroseha, the fruits of Israel. Whereas Rabbi Yochanan says you thank Hashem for the land and the fruits, not specific to the fruits of Israel. So what is going on here? Which one is correct? So Amar Biyamram Lopli, it's not as good. Halan Balu, it depends for us, for us meaning people in Bavel, or for them. The people of Eretz Israel. Now, which way? Which way does the Gemara want? So the Gemara seems to understand in the beginning like this. If you're outside of Israel, so it's very important that you say, thank you, Hashem, for the land of Israel and its fruits. Why? Because you didn't, 
or else it just sounds very wrong. What do you have to do with Israel, right? In other words, it's not going to sound right. So unless you say, then somebody might not relate that you're thinking Hashem for the fruits of Israel. So therefore you have to emphasize, I'm thinking Hashem for the fruits of Israel. So you say, whereas if you're in Israel itself, you don't have to emphasize that you're thinking Hashem for the fruits of Israel. You're in Israel. You're eating the fruits of Israel. So you just say, thank you Hashem for the land and the fruits. That's the way the Gemara initially understands. But the Gemara comes back and says, if anything, it should be the opposite. They ate, they eat, and we bless. What's bothering the Gemara? What's bothering the Gemara is, if I'm not eating the fruits of Israel, how can I bless Hashem for the fruits of Israel? It just doesn't make sense. I'm eating fruits that were grown here in California. How can I say, thank you, Hashem, for the land and the fruit and its fruits when I'm not eating its fruits? I'm eating the fruits of California. So if anything, the Gemara says it should be the exact opposite. Ella Epoch, and this is the halacha. The halacha is the opposite. When somebody's eating the fruits of Israel, then they say, al ha'aretz al for the land and its fruits. Whereas when you're eating outside, you're eating fruits that were going outside of Israel, then you don't say for the land and its fruits, you say for the land and the fruits because it's not specific to the fruits of Israel. Is it, now, about, what's, yeah. is it about where it's grown or is it about yes. where you are? No, where it's grown. Now what's difficult about, like if you have a bottle of wine, for example, that you, you're drinking in America, you brought back, you would say, now here's what's hard. But when you're saying all the arts for Allah Peros, when you're in outside America, so then isn't that a violation of thinking Hashem for two things? If you're saying Allah Aretz for Al Perosel, it makes sense that it's not a violation of two things. Because you're thinking Hashem for the land that made its fruits. But when I think Hashem for the land, Allah Aretz for Allah Peros, when I'm eating a California wine, so what am I thinking Hashem for? For the land of Israel and for wine that was grown in California. How is, how is that one thing? How is that compared to Mechalish Yisrael Rashi Chadash? So it's very difficult. I, I saw some people ask the question. I don't have a great, great answer. Meaning when you're in Israel and you're saying, oh, it's good, that's not a violation of how you're not thinking Hashem for two things. You're thinking, thank you Hashem for the land that makes these fruits. Clear, it's one thing. But when you're, you're Dafka not saying Perosel because it doesn't make sense because you didn't eat the fruits of Israel. So you're thinking Hashem for the land of Israel and for fruits in general. And that's why you're not saying it's fruits. You're saying the fruits. Well then, how isn't that not a violation of, of two separate yeah, things? Seema have to like mirror the text of the bracha. So we're thinking, him for, we're thinking Hashem for wine and for the land. So in the Chasimah, we also have to do that. Even though it's not a succinct, it's still mirroring the Torah. You mean at the end of the day, it really is saying two things, but we, yeah. we have to. Yeah. And also because the Torah said two things. The Torah, uh, when it talks about benching, puts in the land. I'll tell you, I, I, it's, I'll, I'll be sure, with both, with both of you, I, I understand both what you're saying, but I, I think what's, what's so interesting is how the Gemara veered off its question. The Gemara had a question, but my Chasim, what was bothering the Gemara? Are we able to make a chasimah that has two different points? That was the Gemara's question. Perhaps we're not allowed to do that in the laws of brachas. So the Gemara answered, no, we could, because it's like compared to Rosh Chodesh. The comparison to Rosh Chodesh, if you think about it, only makes sense if it's Ahar Zval not Ahar Zval We can justify why we want to do it, but it doesn't still fit with the Shachar of the Gemara, I think. Even before we got to our answer in Arab Yochan, it said Ahar Zval Peros. Correct. The question should have been there, as opposed to where we are now. Right. I'm just, the Gemara just, you're right. I just worked, said it there, because like, I was just working out, the Gemara said which one was which. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Says the Gemara, And as, as the Gemara clarified, each one, it's not a dispute, it just depends on where you are. Says the Gemara, when a person eats in eggs or kufras, any types of meats, there's a bracha of shahakal that's recited because they don't grow from the ground. And then, and, and then for, for, for afterwards, you make a bracha of burning of fashos. Now, let me just clarify. It's a chiddush you make a burning of fashos. The mission never said you make burning of fashos. 
It's a big chiddush. Bar Nefashos is something which we're going to learn now was being worked out in the times of the Amoram. It was not clear at all what the role of Bar, bar Nefashos. So when you're eating something kashuf, like an egg, or like a piece of meat, says the Gemara, you say Borei Nefashos Rabbos afterwards. Avol Yarka, when a person has a vegetable, a person has a salad, lo, that you don't make any bracha achrona. Salad is not enough, it's not chashev enough, vegetables are not significant enough to warrant a bracha achrona at all, even Borei Nefashos. For Yitzchak Amar, Afilu Yarka, no, even vegetables warrant a Borei Nefashos. Avol Mai, a person just drinking water, water not. Rapapa Amar, Afilu Mai, Rapapa says even water. Mazutra Avod Kravizvar, Dimi Rav Shumar, Ashu Avod Kravizvar. You have Marzutra who did like Rav Yitzchak, and Rav Shishi Rabba did like Rabbi Yitzchak. So you have differences of, uh, of, of opinions, different customs that developed. If you see Manach, you want to remember who did which way. Chad Ketreik, Treik Chad. The one that had one name mentioned did like the one that had two names, and the one that had two names did like the one that had one. Marzutra didn't have two names. It was just his name, Marzutra, Master Zutra. He did like Rav Yitzchak Bar Avdimi, like the one who had two names, his name and his father's name mentioned. Rav Shimi Bar Ashi, who had two names mentioned, Rav Shimi, the son of Ashi, he did like Rav Yitzchak, who only had one name mentioned. So that's just a mnemonic so you can remember uh, who said what. Amr Rav Ashi, I know Zimna Dechimat Karina, you look at the language of the Gemara. At times when I remember, Avdinu Kakula, I do make a brach on all of them, meaning I even make Barnefashos on water. So it's a very interesting language. When I remember, I try to make bar nefashos even on water. So it seems quite clearly, and the Beis Yosef points this out, that it, it was a matter of custom. It was a matter of practice. It was not at the time of the Amaram something which was born like clear-cut black on white halacha at all. It didn't appear that way. So the Gemara now says, Tanah, we learned in a mission. And maybe it's really, it's a mission on Nida. Culture, ton bracha lefanav, ton bracha, to akhar, ton bracha lefanav. Anything that has a bracha afterwards has a bracha before. There is no such thing as a, something that you make a bracha on after, but not a bracha before. V'yesh, but there is, yitan bracha lefanav, yitan bracha lefanav. Things that have brachas before and not brachas afterwards. So what is something as a bracha before and not a bracha after? So Bishlam, my reason for Rav Dimei Lafuka Yarka, like Rav Dimei comes to exclude the vegetable, but vegetable has Adama before, but we ran a fashos. The Rav Yitzchak Lafuka Mai, the Rav Yitzchak comes to exclude water. Ela Rav Papa Lafuka Mai, like Rav Papa, that even water you say barin a fashos, you say barin a fashos on everything. So it comes out there's no food where you have a bracha before and not a bracha after. So what is the Mishnah neither coming to describe? There's something that has a bracha before and not a bracha after. What is that something? It says the Gemara Lafuka Mitzvos. It means mitzvos. There are many mitzvos that you only recite a bracha before you do them, but you don't recite. A bracha after you make after you do the mitzvah. And when you're eating food, there's always a bracha before and a bracha after. But by mitzvah, it's not necessarily. Says the Gemara, But the people in Eretz Yisrael had the minok. Now, when they took off their tefillin before sundown, they would make a bracha. Thank you, Hashem. He gave us a mitzvah to guard his statutes. What's the pshat in this bracha? So there's a mitzvah of a shamarta, right? The Torah says, to guard the tefillin. According to one opinion in Menachos, so you're not allowed to wear tefillin at night, it's forbidden. And when a person takes off their tefillin before at nighttime, they're actually fulfilling a mitzvah of guarding the tefillin. So before they would take off their tefillin, as they're taking them off, they would make a bracha of lishmachukov. So we see that there is an after bracha by mitzvahs as well. So the Gemara is saying, how can we make a, a blanket statement that there's no, that, that by mitzvahs, in general, we say there's no bracha afterwards. Here we say, B'nai Marava, have a bracha afterwards. Now, I'll tell you. So, very good. So, that's actually a great point. So, this was it. Even the B'nai Marava, Taisus learns off the Chaira, they didn't make a bracha on every mitzvah when they were done. They made it by tefillin because they pass in Lila Lavzman tefillin. 
So therefore, there's a mitzvah, Lishmar Chukav, which the Pasuk is going on to take off the tillin. So it's not the Pshad they're making a bracha on after they're done with the mitzvah. They didn't make a bracha after they shook the lulav. They made a bracha on Lishmar Chukav. That's the mitzvah itself. The mitzvah is the Shmirah. So what's the Gemara saying? Most we shouldn't understand, not like Taisus, and it wasn't specific to that. Even if Lila, for example, uh, was Mansfilin, it was just a general bracha, and it was, a, it was like more like a Berkas HaShavach that was made whenever they finished any mitzvah. So the Gemara says, so what are they coming to exclude? Afuke Maila, Afuke Rechane, to exclude smell. Smell that we learned all about yesterday has a bracha before, not a bracha after. Why is that, Taka? Why come smell doesn't have a bracha after? So the simple Pshan, the Gemara Rashi learns because it's just not as, it's chash, it's not as important. But the Achorinim say, and you could say much more of a lambda shavart, you could say that the Pshan is you don't have anything from it. In other words, it's only in the moment. Everything else, food, you're full. You have satiation. So a sense of satiation, the pleasure continues. That's why they warrant a bracha achrona. Whereas by, bracha, by the bracha and smell, it's only in the moment when you smell it first and then zehu, so there's no bracha afterwards. Says the Gemara, Amar Abiyanai, Amar Rav, Koshuhu, Kebeitza, Beitza, Tova, Mimenu. So now the Gemara discusses a little bit of health. Anything that's the size of an egg, there's no food that's going to be better in health than an egg when it's the size of an egg. So if you have anything else that can compare to an egg in size, the egg, eating an egg, will always be healthier than it. So megugulasa means like lightly roasted, Rashi says. A lightly roasted ed is better. Mishisa kaisi sulsa. From six kaisi, Rashi says, is a, uh, a lug. It's better than six lugim of flying flour. Which is a lot. So we're basically saying how amazing an eggs are. Lightly roasted egg. Yes, Rav Dimi Amar, Tava Biasman Gulasa, lightly roasted egg is better. Mishisa Matfasa, it's better. I mean, Mishisa, Mishisa from from the from 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 the six the six uh, lugim of, of fine flour. Mativasa, if it's fully roasted, may arba, then it's only better than four. So lightly roasted is better than fully roasted. Muvushasa, if it's a boiled egg, koshu kabeitza beitzatavim menu. Then as long as it's still the size same size as the egg, the egg is always better. But if the egg a boiled egg is not necessarily better than something that's more than it. So a lightly roasted egg is the best. Then the fully roasted egg. The, the boiled egg is only add better than something that's equal in size to the egg. Lavar mi bisra, with the exception of one thing, meat. Meat, the size of an egg, is better than the, the, the egg. But with the exception of meat, you always go for egg over any other food that's the size of an egg. When we're talking about boiled eggs, but again, when we're talking about the roasted eggs, then they even get more power. Rabbi Akiva Ahmed said, remember in the Mishnah, if you shalak, that even if someone, if you forget about shiva samin, forget about bread. If you eat something and you're full, you bench. Says the Gemara, Mika, Midi, Davi, Shalak, Mazoni, I don't understand. How can you be full after eating a vegetable? What kind of vegetable fills you up? Amrav Ashi, Biklasho, Krov, Cabbage. And we mentioned this before, actually, once in the Masechta, that cabbage is considered in the Gemara to be extremely filling. Taner Abonan. Tachol. So tachol is a spleen. So somebody eats the meat of spleen. Yavol is and it's good for the teeth. V'kashol v'neilayim, but it's bad for one's stomach. Creation, creation are leeks. Kashol is they're bad for one's teeth. V'yavol is shinayim, they're good for the stomach. Kol yerek chai, any raw vegetable, morik. So what does morik mean? So it means to like drain the color of a person's face. The whole cut on anything that's too small, too small meaning in the sense that it, um, it hasn't, it's still in the middle of growing. It's still, it's not fully grown. Maktin, it holds a person back from growing. The whole nefesh, anything that has full life in it, meshav as a nefesh, it revitalizes life, meaning something, it can be very small, but it has fully, full, fully grown to its, its life. So once it's dead, like we'll see, like in a small fish would be examples. Fully grown, so when you eat it, it's meshav as a nefesh, it revitalizes life. The whole nefesh, meshav as a nefesh, and anything that is close to life, we'll see what that's a reference to, it restores life. The Gemara will analyze what that is. Kruv la mazon, Cabbage is very filling. Tard and beets, lurifua, are very, they heal. Beets are have healing properties. And oilo labayish, alefas overas, And woe to the house that has turnips pass through it.
That was the, the health advice of the bride. So now the Gemara will analyze all of this. The spleen meat is good for teeth, but bad for the stomach. So the Gemara says, My takante, if it's good for your teeth, but you can't eat it, you don't want to eat it, so what are you going to do? So the Gemara says, It's good, you should chew it, and then spit it out. Meaning, don't swallow it, it will be bad for your stomach, but as long as you chew it, it will be good for your teeth. Creation, the leeks were the opposite. They were kashu they were bad for the teeth, they were good for the stomach. So my takante, how, how do you deal with that? I mean, you want to, you want to get it down to your stomach, but you can't chew it. So the shalkalinu, you cook them, overcook them, and then vinavlin, you can swallow them without chewing them. So that's good, because even though they're bad for your teeth, they're good for your stomach, so you could get them down like that. Kol yerechai, any... Raw vegetable, morik, it, it, it drains the color of one's face. We're only talking about that the first meal that one eats after bloodletting. So they're very weak, so they need something that's strong. So a raw vegetable at that time, if they eat it, will drain color from their face. Also, the shopping menu. Anyone who, eat, who ate raw vegetables in the first four hours of the day, it is forbidden to have a conversation with him. My time, and what is the reason? Because of the smell. There's a, evidently a very bad odor that comes from this person who ate the vegetables in the first four hours of the day. That's one statement that Rav Yitzchak said. For Amr Rav Yitzchak, a second statement, also, not, not that it's forbidden to converse with someone who had vegetables in the first four hours of the day. That's not forbidden. But it is forbidden to eat the vegetables in the first four hours of the day, meaning a different idea completely. It's not the odor from the person that ate the raw, raw vegetables, but it's forbidden. It's not good for one to eat the vegetable, raw vegetables in the first four hours of the day. Says the Gemara story. They were all sitting. They brought them raw vegetables. It was within the first four hours of the day. Marzutra didn't eat them. He didn't refuse to eat. So Amrulay my daitach. Why why are you staying away from the raw vegetables? So they only knew the first statement. They knew the first statement that there was out there a memorial that anyone who ate four vegetables, uh, vegetables in the first four hours of the day, don't talk to him. So maybe that's why you're not eating the vegetables. But 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 it can't be that's why. Mishum because of the smell of we ate because you're talking to us. So clearly you don't hold of that memorial that it's forbidden to stay away from the raw vegetables because you're talking to us and we ate the raw vegetables. So then if, why don't you yourself just eat them? So he said to them because of the other statement, I, don't, I disagree with that first statement. I hold it's okay to converse with someone who ate the raw vegetables, but I hold like the second statement. You're not allowed to eat them within the first four hours. So there were two statements. One was that you shouldn't converse with someone who had the raw vegetables and one was that you shouldn't eat them. They were, but, but you could converse with someone who had them. So it was a dispute. It seems like there's really three opinions. Certain Amaram just reject the whole thing. Certain Amaram hold it's okay it's okay to, to converse with someone as long as you don't eat them. And certain uh, Amaram held that it's forbidden only to eat them, but to converse is okay. Now, what? I don't know. I don't know. Says the Gemara, Ko Katan Maktin. Anything that is still immature impedes a person's growth. Even if it's high quality, meaning it's a little kid that's worth a zuz. So it's very expensive. So you might say if it's very expensive, high quality, it's not a problem. The Gemara is saying, no, it's still a problem. If it's not done growing, it's not good to eat it. It's only if it was not a quarter of its growth. If it's a quarter of its growth, less than bad, then we have no objection. Says the Gemara, nefesh, 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 anything that is fully grown life, it's now restores one's life to eat it. These small, tiny little fish, they're considered very good. You find them, Rashi says, in the little swamps, that uh, they're, they're, they're very good to eat for one's health. 
uh, because they're a full sense of life. Anything that was close to life restores life. What is that reference to? Unka is the meat that is found, Rashi says, right around the neck area. So the meat that is found there is right close to the life because remember, that's where the shechita is performed. So the, 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 the meat that comes from the neck area is very good for one's health. When you go and you're going to get me umtza, umtza is like the raw meat, so you should go and get me from the place that was by Bey Baruch. What is Bey Baruch? The place of blessing. What does it mean, the place of blessing? Well, before you do a shrita, you make a blessing. So make sure you get it to me from the place of the blessing, from the meat around the throat area. So we analyze further. What do we say? That the cabbage fills one up. The beets have um, healing properties. So the Gemara makes a diuk, an inference. It sounds like the cabbage only fills you up, but it doesn't heal you. It sounds like the beets heal you, but the cabbage fills you up. So the Gemara says, There are six things that make the Chola better. Rufuas and Rufua, they make him better and they're considered a valid medicine. Eluhain, what are they? Kruv. Ah, so it's right there. The Kruv, the Tardin, and uh, the beets. Ume Sison. So May Sison, I just looked it up in high school right before we started. They said it was Penny Royal, but uh, it seems like it's a certain type of herb that's very good in medicine. Uh, so the next word, they, they change it out, the Yavish. It's supposed to be like dried out uh, Penny Royal. The Keva, so the Keva is actually one of the stomachs of the cow, right? Haras v'yoseris hakavit. So what's the haras? Rashi, uh, Rashi says the kid is born in there, the womb. Okay, v'yoseris hakavit. Yoseris hakavit is the diaphragm. So all those six things mentioned here are considered very good to heal a person. So one of them mentioned was the kruv, was the gab. So we see that it's considered good. So why are you saying it only fills you up? It's also considered good for medicine. So Mara says, Ela'ima kruv aflamazon. We changed the gear. So you're right. Not only is it good for medicine, it also fills you up. So the kruv is medicine and filling, whereas the beets are not filling and they only have medicine. What was the last thing that we mentioned? Woe to the house that the turnips pass through. So the Gemara says, Eni, are turnips really so bad? For Amalei Rav Lashami, Rav said to his attendant, Kichaz is Lift up a shuka when you see a turnip in the market. Lo, Don't even come and ask me what do you want to eat your bread with. Of course, I always know that I always want turnips. Whenever you see turnip, chop some turnips for me. So I'm our buy and we believe buffs are. It's only bad to have turnips if you eat them without meat. But if you eat them together with meat, then it's okay. Rabba, I believe It means if you don't drink wine with them. But if you drink wine with them, then it's okay. It's my Rabba, we believe Rav recommended always having meat with the turnips. Shmuel, I believe ate some. Shmuel said you always should should have a different thing. Always have them with wood. What does it mean have them with wood? It's a way of saying very overcooked because wood right makes fire so it's a way of saying well, you could have turnips and they're good for you just make sure that there was a lot of wood that was used making those turnips without wine so we have three recommendations overcooked with with uh, with meat or with wine he's like making fun of me he said we used Rapapa used to be known he was a big <coughs> beer maker he didn't have wine so he's saying, we, we could have the turnips because we always have wine and beer available. But what are you going to do? You only have beer. You don't have any of this wine. So what are you going to make sure? To, how are you going to eat your turnips? So I'm a little bit CV. I eat them with a lot of wood, meaning that I make sure they're overcooked. I follow that practice so I can eat the turnips. Kihal devisit rapapa, rapapa's wife, after she would first cook the turnip, what she would do? Tavrila batam, then ufi parsaisa. She would then break another, what's tam then? 80? Yeah. 80 big logs Oifi means big, parsai are like big things of, 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 of wood. She would break 80 large logs and make, you know, more 
obviously a much bigger fire and cook and overcook and overcook and overcook the turnip. That was the practice from Papa and his beer house to what they would do because they didn't have wine. But the Gemara was saying, if you have wine, you just drink, eat, eat, drink wine with the turnip and everything is good. Says the Gemara, having a small salted fish. There are times when it can be very dangerous. Can kill a person. And the seventh day after it's salted, on the seventh day after it's salted, and the 27th day after it's salted. Some say, the 23rd day. But we only say this, where it's, where it's where it's like kind of roasted but not totally roasted. Avol matzvi shabir, but if it's fully roasted, less lamba, we have no objection. But lo matzvi shabir, even also if it was lightly roasted, not fully roasted, lo amar, we only have objections. Shasa basri shechra, you don't drink shechra, you don't drink beer with it. Avol shechra, avol shasa basri shechra, you drink shechra, you drink beer with it, less lamba. So it's so interesting in the Gemara. Sometimes the beer, like for turnips, the beer is worthless, right? They have to overcook it. But here with the salted, uh, the lightly salted. Uh, fish, which is very dangerous, but there we actually recommend having shechar with it. Last point. We mentioned in the Mishnah that somebody who drinks water needs to make a bracha, but the Mishnah said one word. Somebody who drinks water to quench their thirst. So the Gemara says, la mai. What does that come to exclude? <coughs> Meaning, why would somebody drink water if they're not thirsty? Then just don't drink it. Like, why would you? So the Gemara says, la that comes to exclude the man, the chanke utzma. Somebody was eating meat and they got a little bit stuck. It says choking, but it mean, you just need help getting the food down. So you drink some water. So at that time, you don't need to make a bracha on water. What's the vart? Water is something that unless you're doing it for pleasure, it's considered no, you don't derive any pleasure. Any other food in the world, and we say that there's pleasure just by etzim, intrinsic pleasure because of the taste. Water is the exception. Water, unless you're thirsty, it has no pleasure. So whenever somebody is drinking water and they're not doing it for pleasure, like in a situation you're just trying to help something go down, maybe a practical example would be somebody who's taking a pill or something like that, then there is no need to make a bracha. Then we said, Rabbi Tarfun says, instead of saying shahakal before water, Rabbi Tarfun said, you make a different bracha. Just to explain a little bit Rabbi Tarfun's rationale. Why not shahakal? The idea is that water really isn't so pleasurable. Is that you're thanking Hashem for filling our deficiencies. You're not really thanking Hashem for the water itself. You're thanking Hashem for the fact that our deficiencies are filled. It's a way of expressing that. So Rabbi Tarfun felt that was the correct nusach of the bracha rishonah. So Amalei Rabbi Barachanan, Labai, Vamilad Rav Yosef, Hilchas Hamai. How do we rule? Do you recite shahakal before water? Or do you recite Barin of Fashos before water? So Amalei, fascinating thing. Puk Chazim Why don't you just go out and see what people do? Meaning there is no halacha that is given. Just go see what people do. So what do people do? The Minagir says Rashi. We say shahakal before and we recite Borei Nefashos Rabos afterwards.